Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams who are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, part of the Jepson Performance Group. Video segments of this and other episodes of the podcast can be found at Sales Leadership United, hosted on Patreon. Think of Sales Leadership United like a Home Depot for sales leaders. It's a comprehensive resource for sales leaders with over 100 hours of tools, training, and insights sorted and tagged into every category you might need to help you become an elite sales leader. A private podcast, sales leadership training, sales meeting insights, video insights, and much more are waiting for you to check out at Sales Leadership United. Don't reinvent sales leadership. Tap into proven tools and techniques used by many of today's most successful sales leaders and check out Sales Leadership United today. Now, get ready for some serious insights from this week's sales leader who's making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. I am pumped to introduce today's guest. Derek Shebby is the founder and CEO of Modern Sales Training. Now, Derek and his team have trained over 20,000 salespeople worldwide and have created life-changing impact on their careers and the companies they work for. And after a really impressive career in sales and sales leadership, where he won 13 President's Club awards and sent countless records individually and as a team, Derek built a company to help salespeople reach success faster individually and in teams. Derek helps organizations in a large number of industries and in all shapes and sizes onboard faster, grow faster, win faster, and advance in their careers faster. In addition to building his world-class team and leading his world-class team, Derek hosts a couple of podcasts for salespeople and sales leaders, and he's built a library of on-demand sales courses that are now used by nearly 30,000 people worldwide. If you haven't checked them out, you're going to want to by the time we get done with this show. I am pumped to have Derek join us today. I'm really excited for the topic that we're going to talk about because I think it's very timely for every single sales leader. Derek, welcome to the show, my friend, and thank you for joining oh, us. Thank you for having me, Rob. It's my pleasure. Super excited to be here today. Uh, I'm excited to have you. I've been a fan uh, of you for a while. I, I love your point of view and and given the timing of what's happening in the world right now for salespeople, I think we have a really great topic that I'm excited to share with people. So yeah, let, me too. Let's start by uh, having you introduce uh, your organization, Modern Sales Training. Just share kind of quickly who you are and what you do for your customers. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks again for the intro. It's pretty good. I think I, I think I already told you earlier that I want to copy that intro and put it in my LinkedIn profile, the about section. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's... Uh, my organization's all about all about helping org helping sales teams, B two B sales teams, uh, typically full cycle sales teams, uh, learn to do their stuff better and short and shorten the amount of time it takes to become a top sales performer. Um, my my company that I you know where I originally came from was the Xerox manufacturing industry. So I recently came out of that industry back in 2020. So it's something that I did my entire career. It's something I know really well. So if you're someone out there that is uh, is a dealer selling a product 
right? Not a not necessarily software as a service, but a dealer selling a product from a manufacturer. I think you're going to identify very very well with the things that I talk about because it's the that full cycle sales. So over the years for our company, uh, before I became modern sales training, uh, it was all about how do we take new salespeople or tenured salespeople and and help them shortcut and, and learn the processes needed to become uh, to become that top sales performer. And so we did that in California and, and ended up becoming the largest mega dealer in our industry um, over the years. And, and uh, there's a lot of nice. things that I learned over the way over the years. And I think it's, it's very practical, you know, sales, te- sales techniques that I, that I teach and, and it's all coming from me doing it uh, over the years. So it's, um, so it's fun. It's a, it's a fun challenge and, and, you know, for me to help other people get better. And, and I really believe that, that uh, you may not have that, that individual at your company helping you get there, but, but I want to be there side by side with you to help you achieve greatness. And, and whether it's in your team or you're just you individually, I've got ways to help anyone out there. And that really drives me a lot, quite a bit. So I love, I love that story. And I relate to that story in so many different ways. I, 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 I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, before we get into what we're going to talk about, one last one. Yeah. Last one. I always love hearing how you got into sales. Now, I will tell you this. As someone in the industry, and I always have called that the green beret of salespeople. You sell on that in that uh, equipment world like that. You can sell. You're good at what you do if you can get that done. Highly competitive. Uh, most of the time, commission only. Uh, and, and when yep. you do well in that world, you are someone who knows how to sell. And I'm excited to have you on here today. So thank oh, you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, so I'd love to hear what story. got you into sales. Like, that's my question is like, I don't know many people or really any people that said, I grew up saying, I want to be in sales when I grow up. Yeah. Just any, anything <laughs> on your story there at a high level? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I ended up going to the Stanford of the South, uh, for, for school. And for those of you out there that don't know where, where that is. Um, I obviously I'm from California, so there's the Stanford in the North that everyone knows. And then there's a the Stanford in the South. And by the way, that's San Diego state university. Let's go. Uh, so, so I had my choice. Where do I want to go? And I chose, I chose to go to San Diego. No, I'm just kidding. I, I didn't, it's not the Stanford <laughs> the South, but I like to say that, um, of course, when I, when I got in there, uh, it wasn't as, as challenging it is now to get there. But, um, but when I, I went to school for business, business, uh, you know, business marketing, that was the major, and that's pretty much the major you go into. As you know, if, if you don't have me. a specialty, right? So I, 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 I just came to grips with the fact that I was going into sales. And uh, it's funny, when I graduated, I was, I mean, I was working my way through, through college the whole time. I'd, I'd help pay for, uh, for yeah. my education. Um, and uh, when I finally graduated, I was on monster.com and all that looking for places. And, and, I, and I remember accepting an interview at this place called Mr. Copy. So of all places, I mean, okay. rock, Mr. Copy. And I, so it comes down to the point of me having this interview and I was in, I was at the beach all day. I mean, I just graduated and I was partying all the time in the twenties, you know, yep. I just graduated and uh, I was, I was at the beach and I'd been drinking all day, Rob, I'd been drinking all day. And I said, <laughs> man, I should just do these guys a courtesy and tell them I'm not coming because yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to work for a copy shop. And so there I am calling these guys up and I said, Hey, just want to, just want to call you and let you know, I'm not coming to the interview. And my, the interviewing manager was like, well, why not? And I said, well, because I don't want to work for a copy shop. And they said, we're not a copy shop, but we sell Xerox equipment. Like these things cost a lot of money. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. I said, well, I'm still not coming today. I've, I've been drinking <laughs> at the beach all day. So we need to set up another time. <laughs> and anyway, luckily, hey, 
luckily these guys let me back, Rob. Luckily they let me back. Uh, and I set up and I went out there and uh, obviously didn't, I came there, uh, you know, ready to go and, and did a great job in my interview. And, and uh, that became the place I spent my entire career and helped to grow the company from, I was employee number 30 when I left, we had over 500 and, and it was in a very competitive market, as you mentioned. And, and uh, we were the most expensive and, and we grew to 120 sales reps and wow, it was quite a, it was quite a, uh, an, an experience for me. And, and yeah, it, it was a funny story because I never thought I'd be in this industry, but now it's, it's all about helping other people get better too. Thank you for that. I love your journey. I love your story. So, so yeah. let's get after it, man. Let's get yeah. after it. There's a lot of things changing in our sales world right now. Economies change. Lots of things are changing. Um, you know, as, as people change, some people see the opportunities and, and some people just see things that are scary to them. Um, one of the things that I, I followed you and, and what you share for a while, and it wasn't very long ago, you made a post on LinkedIn that talked about cold calling in person, not because it was necessarily so efficient, but because it was different. Like other people aren't doing that and that you could create a different experience because you were personalizing it. You're doing something different. And I, I loved it. It was really well thought out. It was really well written. But the gist that really got me was don't do what everybody else is doing, right? Can we start yep. with that? Like if we are, I don't care if we're a full cycle rep. I don't care if we're a SDR. Cause we got people that are in tech. We got people are manufacturing. We got people in equipment. We got people in finance. We got people in, in all the different industries. Listen to this. You got 45,000 people listening to you right now. I love the idea of don't just do what everybody else is doing. If you want to get good at creating experiences that create impact. Can we start with that? Yeah, you know, I I think this is a, it's it's a really perfect time for us to be talking about this too, Rob, because we're just getting out of the pandemic, and yep. uh, and a couple of years ago it was all about everyone's working from home, and uh, and what really got popular, and I obviously created a course on this too, but it was virtual selling and and how do we handle this, you know, over the phone and and or how do we handle this virtually and and setting up you know uh, everything being over Zoom like like we're kind of doing at the same time right yeah. now, yeah, um, and uh, and it and it it was all about how do we survive in this world when we're, when we're not going face to face, cause we want to obviously be protect ourselves. And, and what's interesting is, is um, I came from the industry that I came from and many of you that are listening can relate. It was one where you have a, ge a, a geography in front of you and you have a territory that you live in, or you have a territory that you drive to. And that's, that's where you exist. And, and, uh, and for us um, it's a people business and that people business wasn't one where you communicated behind your computer screen and or hid behind a, a cold email or something like that. It was one where you physically talk to people and you have a conversation. And what, what I found over the, over the years, uh, you know, the past couple of years through the pandemic is all of the other hypes of doing things like social selling and, and, um, and, uh, or leaving voicemails, hoping people, people call you back or all these other things that you do became more popular because it's what people thought that they should be doing. But, but really they were doing it because they didn't really want to do the things that were scary. And, uh, and what I find now is that the people that are doing the things that are scary uh, more than ever are, are actually finding way more success than ever because everyone else is still terrified to leave, to leave their houses or terrified to, to get out, out from behind their computer screen or, or terrified to stop texting somebody and, and, uh, and not calling them. 
And uh, it's, it's been a big transition. And, and so I've been, a lot of the posts that I've been saying, I've been talking about, you know, Hey, fortune favors the bold. It, it, that's how it's always been. I'm sure everyone's heard it on there. You, you get more when you face your fear. It's just everything that you want's on the other side of fear. And, and so when you look at prospecting in general, you know, I, I'd say there's different ways that you can prospect. You can prospect through email and you can prospect through voicemail. You prospect through LinkedIn and you can prospect doing the cold calling, cold calling in, over the phone and cold calling in person. And I would say that prospecting, if, if your fortune favors the bold, the more scary the way you're prospecting should have the highest results. And, uh, and of course, LinkedIn is not just a place for people to, for, to be the water cooler of the day where you're talking about your gripes, but it's also a place for you to try to sell your stuff. And your stuff might be, hey, guess what? Cold emailing works, you guys. Or, hey, guess what? I left a voicemail and this is how you get a voicemail returned. Well, let me help you out. You listening to this call right now, listening to this on your phone, in the car, wherever it is, if you can cold call and that's something that you can do in your business, you got to do it. You've got to do it. And there's a reason why you don't do it. And I understand. And, and that's probably because you're afraid. It's fear. It's fear. And that's okay. It's totally fine. It is scary to pick up the phone. I get it. I mean, just holding the phone before you start hitting the first numbers is scary. <laughs> just holding it. And just when you drive, if, if you have a territory you can drive to, getting into the parking lot and just getting out of your car is terrifying. Mm. You know, but but I would offer up that the experience, you know, that experience that you're mentioning, Rob, people aren't doing that stuff right now. It doesn't matter what you hear, it's just not happening. It's not happening. And and uh and the reason why it's not happening is because people are trying to make the things that aren't scary work. And they're looking for tricks to get the other things to work. And uh, I would just offer up that the reason why these, the, the cold calling doesn't work is because you just don't know how to do it right. And so I spent a lot of time helping people learn how to do it right. And just one more thing about that, Rob, I know I'm getting on a rant here because it's rant. something I deal with every day. Yeah, no. something I deal with every day is this. I mean, I, I've got a, a boot camp class I'm working with right now as an example. And this is a class I work with 12 weeks. And a big part of the week is teaching them be, to, to become fearless when it comes to prospecting and, and, and that's basically learning how to learning the process on how to do these things, right. You know, and, and, uh, there is a process and, and you can relate cold calling to like skydiving. I mean, I don't know, Rob, have you ever skydived before? One time it was amazing. Oh, okay. I, I haven't done it. I haven't done it. Okay. So it's scary to me. It it's scared scary the crap me. out of me though. If I wasn't tandem with the instructor that was taking me, I don't think I would have got out of that plane. Um, oh man, it's terrifying to me. And, but the reason why these things are terrifying though, Rob, is because we don't know what to expect. Yeah. There's the fear of the unknown, right? I mean, what's going to happen? Am I, am I pulling the ripcord here or is it going to happen right away? Do I have to hold it for a certain number of seconds? Is it going to even work? Yeah. Is that shoot going to work? work? Yeah. Is it going to work? I mean, which way do I jump out of the plane? What if I do it wrong? Am I going to die? How long am I, how many seconds am I going to, what, what if I like, how many seconds am I going to be in the air? Am I going to pass out in the air? What happens? I mean, is it going to hurt when I hit the ground? You know, all these things. Cold calling's the same way. And there's a process to learning how to do it right. And so this group I've been working with every single week, we keep 
working on that process. And I had a, I had one of the reps in the group um, just last week do 20, a new 18 cold calls in person, 18. So 18 cold calls, just doing the process right. And out of 18 cold calls, they set nine appointments. And this is for equipment that could be up to a $500,000, Rob. Yeah. So nine appointments out of 18 cold calls in the field. And okay, how many cold emails would you need to blast somebody and worry about losing your domain and all that kind of stuff before you get nine appointments? You might have to send it to a huge list. But you know what? If you can cold call, you can just go there. And if you know how to do it right, you get nine appointments in one session. I mean, I would say that that's a little high. I'm not going to. I don't want to, I don't want to trick people out there to say that's what you should expect, but I would, I would have expected two appointments based upon what we've been, what we've been going through. But, um, but yeah, it's the reason why it's not working, why people shy away from those things is because they don't know how to do it. And the pandemic hasn't helped it at all. So. It's, well, uh, I think that we have so many salespeople selling things right now. People like are sheep when something works. Like the reason I believe this is, like I will see people reaching out to me, either email or their voicemails or their LinkedIn messages to me. Like somebody will someday have something that's original. And then like within a week, I have like 25 or 30 of people using the exact same like approach or line or gimmick, right? Yeah. And I, I don't really love gimmicks. I, I love what you said. I love this idea of creating a different type of an experience. So I want to dive into scary prospecting. I love it. I've never heard of anything like this before. I like the idea of, of it should be a little uncomfortable that we make comfortable because if everyone's doing it, we probably are going to struggle to get attention with it. It, it, it. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned, I, I, I did a post uh, yesterday and I don't know if you saw this one, but I showed my, uh, my unread emails on my phone. No, and, I didn't uh, see it. Okay. So, I mean, it's, this is a little crazy here, but, uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to not cold emailing cause I do it a little bit for my business. So I'm not completely throwing everything out with it, but, but I have, I looked at my, my iPhone email setting where it says like all mailboxes and things like that. Yep. I had 40, 43,000 unread emails, Rob. Stop. 43,000. So let me, obviously let me back into that a little bit, why it's so high, but First of all, I want you to think about if you're out there selling cold, if you're out there pushing cold emails as your, as your main strategy to break in yep. and you could be doing cold calling, Hey, it's going to be challenging for you to break into, break into someone like me. And I'm not the only one that has a lot of emails like this, but the reason why it's like, why I have so many is because I actually use a, um, an email service called, Hey, and it's, it was made by the creators of Basecamp. Uh, but they're trying to reinvent email. And what happens with it is you basically route your email address. So, so I've got my own personal email and I've got my company email and I route it through, Hey, and I answer all my emails within, Hey, and basically, Hey, looks at it and it says, what's this email that, that came in? Do you, like, here's an email from Rob. And it'll, if you emailed me, Rob, and you have already, but when you email me, you show up in my screener. Hmm. So I go to my email and I, there's a screener folder and everyone in my screener are people that I haven't allowed in it's basically like whitelisting right got it so yeah. i basically i basically everyone's everyone's not approved at first and so they show up on my screener and so i look at my screener and i get all these screens that come in every single day tons of them and i look at it and i say do i know this person you know am i even do i even want to read this is it from a gmail 
you know, come on, where's this thing coming from? And uh, I can quickly say right there, no, I don't want to see this email and I don't ever want to see this again. And so you basically screen it out of your inbox. And those people that I screened out without anything, they're still emailing me. They're none the wiser. They don't know that you never see a single one that comes to you, right? Yeah, they, I look at it and I go, I don't really, I don't want to see anything from these people. Uh, no, 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 I don't know. And they, they never, they, I never see them again. And so anyway, the, I guess the point being here is this, Hey is not a new service and every organization's out of there is they're looking at, you know, finding ways to screen things and protect our time as end users. And, or as, you know, people are trying to have, be productive with their, with their days. And uh, email is not scary. It's not scary for you to no. type some messages up and send it to someone to try to get an appointment. And I would offer up that if you believe in what you sell, and Rob, for you, you're making a difference with thousands of, of, of sales leaders that want to become you know, epic and want to become legendary. I mean, you're, you're making an impact with them. And if there's people that you knew that out there that really needed your help, you might fight to get in front of them. For sure. Because you have, because you have a way that you can help them, right? And you believe so in you. You now you went to that. where I didn't know we were going to go. And now I can't wait to go. So now I'm fired up with you. Like this is like our, our listeners are, I think going to like where this goes. The reason it's okay for it to be scary is if you believe that what you're doing is going to be a difference maker. And, and yep. I think this is something that sales leaders, this is a lever that sales leaders have that I don't think we use intentionally enough. I think there's multiple levels of belief. Like I'll tell you what I think they are. I can't wait to hear what yours are belief in the company's mission, right? Uh, so like for you, helping salespeople be better at prospecting so they can have better careers and so they can be, have better companies. You know, second is belief in the company. So one is the company's mission, but the second is the company's the product and the way to support their customers. We do it different, we do it better. Like, you, do you have belief in that? And the third for me is belief in self. Um, that, that I got the chops, I can get it done. And, and leaders can help with all three. I mean, because sometimes you're gonna have shared doubt. Everybody has doubts at sometimes. The question is, what do you feed? And when you have someone that has doubts, that's when you have shared belief. So I want to hear about belief. Like what's the role of belief in your willingness to do scary prospecting or different prospecting? Because like, I love how you said it. That's a customer worth fighting for because you know you can make a difference. No, 100%. And, and I, I remember when you posted about that too, you have such good, great content. And it's really, not only do you have this, this podcast, but your, your posts on LinkedIn are, are such, are so fantastic. Thank you. I actually was having a conversation about that today with a group and, um, and my ways are the, the ways that I talk about belief are similar. It's just, okay. but it's, it's practically the same thing. I say that you need to believe in the company culture, which is basically okay. believing who you're working for and, yep. and, and that yep. it's a great company and they, they matter, right? They help. The second thing is you believe in what you're selling, right? And, and that, that, that has a place and it can actually help companies. And the third thing is believing in yourself. So I say the same things. I just say it Love a little it. differently. Um, but I, wanted, I actually want to talk about this for a second too, because I was called, I was called to be on a, um, uh, I had at a company, a SaaS company that uh, it's called Zen City. Um, and so I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but it's, it's mm. a great company. It's, it's, it's a, um, basically what they do. They, they called me up and they asked me to speak to their sales team. Um, and the reason why uh, they found me is they, they first listened to my, my, my podcasts, then they used my courses. And one of the executives over there used my courses and basically helped them in his career. And he said, it'd be great if you come talk to our salespeople. So I came in and, and I said, great, sure. I'd be happy to. And, and the first thing I wanted to learn is, you know, what is this company all about? And, uh, and cause obviously they're not for manufacturing. They're not, they, they're, they weren't a distributor 
or a dealer for a product. I mean, these guys are a SaaS organization, so I wanted to understand them more. So I looked them up and basically what these guys do, Rob, is, is they, they have this algorithm that, uh, that collects all of the, uh, of the communication in a certain district, you know, of, of in, in a city and it collects that all and puts it in a dashboard where someone can basically, if you're a mayor or the mayor's office of a district, you can see what the voice of your community is saying. So are there potholes or is there homeless or there, well, they have, they have, they have issues and things like that, or those things going on and, and such. And, and so they can better understand what's going on in their community so they can make better decisions for their community. So, so I looked that up and I thought, this is an, in, this is a really interesting product. And so I go to, I go to this meeting and I start off this meeting, Rob, and I ask him, cause I want to understand their belief. Okay. So I ask him, I say, listen, by the way, their, their decision maker, their, their um, executive that called me up said they were having some challenges with rejection. You know, that okay. was really getting to them. You know, they're, they weren't fighting as enough. And so I knew that came, that stems from belief. And so I asked him, I said, Hey, who's your customer? I want to, who are you guys helping? And uh, I asked them and they're almost all of them say unanimously, Oh yeah, we're, we're helping the mayor's office and the mayors and these cities and this and that. And I was like, listen, I got to tell you, that's not really your customer. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, let me help you out. I I've got three kids. By the way, I've got an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a 10-month-old, all boys, Rob. Crazy. Congratulations. All boys. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, but uh, I said, my eight-year-old and my, and my uh, six-year-old, they like playing outside, like, like any kids would, right? And so they're out playing, and they're loud, and during the day, you know, of course. And I said, and there's people in our community that are just, those, you know, those old people in the community that just hate everybody? Yes. And they're the ones that are- Get the off ones my lawn. Everything. <laughs> yeah, get off my lawn. You're too loud. All that kind of stuff. So- we have those people in our community and, and they're just, they're just the worst. And, and they, and they, every, they hate life, you know? And, and so those are the people, so I'm telling these guys, those are the people that go to the mayor's town hall meetings. Those are the people. And you know what they're doing? They're complaining about all this stuff and the mayors, they're making changes based upon what those people want. They're not making changes upon what, I need with my wife and my, my three growing boys. Look, I don't have time to make it to the town hall meeting at 7 PM at 7 PM on a Thursday. Cause we've got stuff going on. And I'm telling them, I'm like, you have single parents all around, all around the world that, you know, that, that your marketplace it's collecting information on that, that, that voice needs to get to the mayor and get, get to the people that run the cities. And I said, you have a responsibility to them. <laughs> to them yep. to get through to that mayor's office. I said, so when you're getting rejected, you need to be thinking I'm fighting for those, those single parents and those parents that just can't make the town hall meeting to, to share their voice. You're fighting for them because their voice matters and they need you. And so that, that really translated big, but it's important. And I think it's so critical when it comes to that belief, you fight, you fight for what's right. And you fight for that you know what you have, what your company can do to make a difference. And it's up to the leader, like you mentioned so beautifully in your post, it's up to the leader to make sure that that message is constantly there because people need to believe that that's what our company is all about. We're trying to help make, make everything a better place. And you are the one that's interrupting their day, but to share something that's so important that can really make an impact. I love so, that you went there. Like, well, again, our, our listeners know, but our shows are never scripted, but we pick topics. We didn't yeah. even talk about belief. We talked about 
you know, modern prospecting and, and, sure. and the ability to create strong experiences, which I love. But I think this is a better, like, I love this because motivated people that are motivated by like commissions or success will do some things, but inspired people, believers, man, they do different things. When yeah. that belief kicks on, I love it. Your, your fear starts to go away, right? Um, your willingness to fight gets stronger. But I think other things like you get more creative, your creativity turns on and you start to see the world in color instead of black and white or. 3D instead of 2D or whatever you want to call it, right? And and yeah. so that's why I think it's an underused tactic. And I, I especially right now, as we record this, I mean, this will the great thing about podcasts, it'll be the show's been going for four years, it'll go for another four. Um yeah. and so people will listen to this. As we record this, we're at a time of the year where we're getting ready for what I always refer to as the fall push. September, October, and November are coming where yep. we have to win what's winnable now, okay? Um, and then we also have to do things to prepare us to have a good start for next year. And that's right. an interesting balancing act because you don't want the main thing to stop being the main thing. When this year stops being the main thing, then you get in trouble. But if you don't set yourself up for success, then you got a different kind of trouble, right? Right. And, and so totally. that's why I think belief is so interesting because it starts to open up possibilities to you instead of what blinders are on when you have like just status quo belief starts to peel these things back and the world becomes like a brighter, more beautiful place, but with way more opportunities. So, so you've told us your belief kind of formula, your three things. Yeah. Like we only have, I can't believe it, dude. We only have like 15 minutes left. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I want to spend like 12 of those 14 minutes, 11 of those 14 minutes. What are some things that you would advise the leaders? You got 45,000 leaders listening right now. And they're like, oh, that's a really good idea. You're right. If they are bitter believers, they probably will prospect uh, better or more creatively or whatever. Any advice to leaders on things they can do to help fuel belief, like some tactics that will help them fuel belief in the minds and hearts of the reps that they lead? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that's what I was I was going to offer up a challenge to everybody and with that with that in mind. Can't uh, wait. Um, because we go back to the fear, right? We go back to the fear. And I want you to think of this. If you believe in what you sell, if your people believe in what you sell and you can cold call, let's just say that's something that you can do. Are you just going to cold email all day? Is that what you're going to do? No. Are you, are you just going to send a voicemail and hope someone calls you back? Are you just going to go on LinkedIn and hopefully write a post that someone likes and it's going to help you get someone? I mean, are you going to fight or are you going to let these, these things, these people struggle and suffer and, and uh, these businesses that need you right now, are you going to let them fail? I mean, you have a choice and your people have a choice and, and they're going to fight if they believe what they're doing is something that matters, right? That's, that's really yes. what happens if they believe what they do matters to, to their companies that they work for. And I just want to offer up some different ideas here yeah. um, because, because first of all, you're not going to, in my opinion, and this is obviously coming from the industry I came from. So there's obviously there's cold emailing strategies for your industries, different industries that you might be listening to. And I get it. But if there's people spending more time doing the things that aren't scary, then you got to flip-flop that. You got to flip-flop it because the scary ways the scarier ways 
get you closer to those people that you should be fighting for to meet with. You're hearing about layoffs. So this is what I want you to think about. You're, you're hearing about layoffs right now. It seems like every day there's like, oh, these people are laying people off. Well, those right. people are laying people off. You're hearing about this. Well, well, guess what? Those companies that are laying people off, they might have, they might have been better off with your solution. They mm. might have been better off. Mm. They could have been. I don't know. Do you have some way of connecting what your company does to something that could help their company, that the companies that you work, that you try to win? do better where they don't have to lay their people off. Is there some way that you can make that connection? Because real people, their lives are being completely changed because these companies are going, I don't, you know, I, I, we, we just have to, we just have to cut. We just have to cut sales expense. We don't, we just don't know how else to do it. And your service or your offering could have been something that might've saved a job. That might've saved multiple jobs that might've given these companies a different way of becoming more profitable, getting more reoccurring revenues, whatever it might be. And it's your job as the leader to figure out what that connection is. You've got to figure out what that connection is. And you've got to make sure people understand that clearly and understand that it's a race right now. You don't know who you're, you're fighting for. It could be the employees of that organization. It could be them. It could be their customer mm. that they have. You don't know, but you as a leader make that connection. And, and I think some of the best things that we can do is through, through stories, tell people how. I was going to ask you about that, where stories fit. I'm glad you went there because yeah. stories make it so one person's experience can be lots of people's experience, right? Yes. Yep. 100%. Just like the story that I gave you guys about Zen City as an example. You know, I, I, I chose that purposely because to, to, I knew that the challenge there was rejection. And whenever I hear that people's challenges are rejection, to me, there's a, there's a missing link there to believing in what, why, how, what you what you sell matters. And they might be like, Oh yeah, what matters to the, it matters to the, uh, the mayor's office. Cause they want to make a better decision for their community. Okay. Listen, they probably don't care that much, but the people that care are the ones that are impacted by that solution. Those are the people like us, like you mm. and me and our families, right? You need to find a way to make what you sell something that matters and, uh, and just follow the chain of, of the impact of your solution. And that story that you tell, it doesn't have, you don't have to make that up. I mean, if it's involving you and it's something you can relate to as a consumer, like I could with having the mayor's office have the voice of what's going on with my family and people that I know, I mean, that, that's something you can relate to and people can understand. And so I, I would say, find a way that to make it, make a connection there. In a story. I, I also think I love that you want stories because I think that's something that leaders can do right now. Like start creating these lists of of stories and and share them. Ask like ask people to share stories of of how the not how like winning stories are cool. I, I, like have them know they can blow, they can win. But more than that, how did your product change a life or change a career? Or do something that's mission mentality. I, I think the mission mentality is what we're talking about here and. And you can create belief in the company and in the mission through stories for sure. And then you create belief in themselves by having a great leadership approach and coaching and showing that you'll invest in them and that they're worth it. Right. So, right. So Derek, I love this because I think leaders can get good at the story side of things pretty fast if they want to. 
And when people yeah. start sharing those, I don't know what you've seen. I recently did. It's funny that you bring this up. I recently did a training with a sales leader that I, I'm coaching. He asked me to help with a, a meeting to his team. So I was a guest speaker to his team. And the angle we took at a time we're getting ready for this push for the next 90 days, it wasn't more calls. It wasn't more emails. It wasn't more pipeline. It was more belief. That was the angle we took was more belief. And when we got to a part where we were like trying to share stories about why we have belief in the mission or why we have belief in the organization, I felt like it was a revival, Derek. It's like people yeah. were like, here's why I believe. Here's what happened to me. Here's what you don't know. What we do now solved the problem that would have changed my life as a child. Like people had tears. And I had no idea that belief would hit that hard. When we hung up the phone, I got on the phone with, with my guy, Chris. And I was like, man, that was amazing. I said, I had no idea that was going to hit that well. And, and that was the power of belief. And so belief, you're right. It, it's contagious. Belief is yeah. irresistible. Belief makes you lose that fear and, and makes you willing, not just willing to do the scary things you want to, because you know, you can't afford not to break through to them. Right. Yeah. And you have responsibility to yeah. those people to break through. I mean, it's like you, you have people counting on you and uh, yeah, I, I think it's what you're saying is, is so important. And, and I came from the Xerox industry. So you think about how sexy can you make selling a copier, Rob? I mean, what's the people aren't losing their lives if they don't get a copier. And, and I think a lot of you that are listening that might've come from a, a, an organization that might come from an organization where you're selling a product. I think there's always a way to make a connection and I challenge you to make a connection. And I would say the way, the most basic way you can make a connection is through people and through employees. So if you can't find a direct thing saying, we're literally selling the cure to, a, a, to cancer or something that you're selling, you know what? Your product in some way impacts people. It does, or else the organization wouldn't exist. And so you, the, the tip there is think, what is that connection? And it shouldn't, this isn't, this isn't even a gimmick. This should be something that you're constantly talking about because it's, it's the, it's the truth. And especially right now with companies laying off with inflation going off the, off the, off the charts, well, obviously gas, gas prices, recession. I mean, this is time where we really need to think about people and, and the people that we're impacting and whatever connection that is, whether directly at that company or their customers. And we have a responsibility to face the fear because we believe that we're, we're helping those people down the road. So as a leader, we got to find a connection. You got to make that happen. And then, um, and then encourage people uh, along the way to do it. And sometimes, by the way, sometimes leaders, if it's, if it's not authentic, Rob, I mean, it's, it's really obvious. And I would say you can get more authentic with these stories when you're on the ground floor, when you're out there side by side coaching with your people, you know, I had a call just really quick on this where uh, one of the reps was, was cold calling. I was listening in uh, on, on mute and uh, they called this customer and they said, Hey, you know, are, are you in the market for this and this and that? And they asked the que this question, Rob, and I'm like cringy. I'm like, this is the worst question. I would okay. never tell someone to ask this question, but I'm like going, Oh man. And, uh, and the person says, you know, funny that you ask, uh, we actually asked our current vendor uh, for a solution to that literal thing right there uh, back in November. And we haven't heard back from him. Wow. And I'm going like, what? Like, this is crazy. And, and this is just, this is a conversation, like two people talking. It was a cold call. And you know what? They might not have time to respond to that cold email or recall back that voicemail. But this person literally said in nine months, 
they asked their current vendor for something and they didn't get it back. And I don't, I, I, if I was on the call, I would have asked them like, obviously what's the impact of that? Like, what, why do they need it so bad? And right. how's it been hurting their organization and things like that. And I want to encourage all of you to the same thing as a leader, as a leader, your people should, I mean, th there's things like this that are happening every single day. And when you find how it impacts an organization, you share that story and you bring that belief back to life. You constantly got to charge that engine of belief because belief makes you take the, take the hits and take the rejection and, and keep going because you know what you're doing matters. And you're the, re you're the person responsible for making sure they're charged up with that belief because they're the ones getting hit every single day. You make them believe what they're getting, what they're getting hit is, is going to end up being a good thing. Dude, I love this. This, Derek, this was so great. I, I knew we were going to have a good conversation. I love that we we hit this angle because, yeah, I don't think that we've ever had this much time on belief in the show before, um, and we should have because it's a big deal. I, I love your challenge, and and so let's let we got to start wrapping up here. We only have like three more minutes left, and so I want to make sure they have a chance to to get a hold of you and learn more about you and sure. and get get that. Then we'll give you a chance for some final thoughts, but. But, but, but that challenge you gave them, I wrote it down. I've got some great notes here. You know, I challenge you to make that connection. There's nothing that we have that can't be connected to something that matters. Right. And, and, right. and I, would, I would say one step farther, if you don't take that challenge and you can't make that connection, then you should find another place to work because it's the non-believing salespeople that give the sales profession the bad rap. It's the people that right. are just chasing a buck. The, the salespeople that have that belief, they become much more than a salesperson. They become this essential partner that like right. created life-changing opportunities and career-changing opportunities and company-changing opportunities, like you said, could save jobs. And I, I, I remember the very first enterprise deal I ever did so long ago. I'm not going to tell you what year it was, okay? And I, <laughs> I cut my teeth in enterprise software. I was selling to financial institutions and, and I was selling, I, I sold a deal to the Hartford Financial uh, uh, company. And that guy who bought from me all those years ago is still one of my close, close friends. After all these years, we didn't know each other. He was an IT guy. I was a sales guy. And we did a deal based on belief on, and he had belief in us and we had belief in, in us to help him and worked out great. And all these years later, he is a dear, dear friend. And that's what belief will do for you, right? That's what makes our yeah. our profession so killer. So let's yep. push pause, not push pause. Let's wrap this up. And, and then uh, we'll give you one chance for final thoughts. How do they get more of Derek? How do they get more of modern sales? How, 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 do, they, how do they get you um, and, and what you do? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a couple of ways. So, so uh, first of all, you can, you can follow me on LinkedIn, you know, and, and I'd love to- I'd Highly love to recommend, by I, the way. Yeah. I try to add everybody on LinkedIn and-, and um, Keep in mind, my stuff's all, all full cycle sales. Uh, I don't, I didn't have any experience with the SDRs and, and that whole world. So I don't try to pretend I did. Um, and I'd recommend obviously talk to other people for that. But if you're doing full cycle sales, that's all I talk about. Um, that's, that's my jam. Um, so you can, you can connect with me on there and I connect with everybody. I'd love to talk more about, you know, about whatever you have going on for yourself too. Um, and then that's one way. Another way is I made all these courses and these courses, I, as uh, Rob has mentioned, there's, um, I have a lot of free versions of the courses and there's no strings attached, but it is on my platform. So you just, you have to create a profile. Okay. So there's no like credit card down or any of that kind of stuff. They're free. 
Of course, if you really like it and get a lot out of it down the road, you can always look at getting the full course, but I don't care. Take the free course, get a lot out of it, learn, get better. Let's talk, let's talk more. And then maybe that might be all you need. And I'm happy to help. Uh, the third way that, that I can help is, um, is I've got two podcasts and uh, that's in between sales calls and the deal breakdown. And, um, and so obviously I'm trying to find a way to really make an impact to anyone like you out there. And if I can, uh, best thing you can do is come say hello and, and connect with me and I'd love to talk. So anyway, I appreciate the time today, Rob. It's been great. Derek, this is even better than I thought. We'll put the links to those things in the show notes. So to all of our listeners, check out the show notes. We'll have links to his content. We'll have links to his podcast. We'll have links to his courses. We have, we have literally like 30 seconds, like one final soundbite, like final thought for 45,000 people who have loved what we've been talking about today. My final thought is, hey, the more fear involved, the more results your, your people are going to get. So it's your job to make them believe in themselves so they can face their fears and go out there and get those results that they want. Can't say any better than that. His name is Derek Shebby. He's helping people do scary things all around the world by tapping into the rocket fuel that fuels performance in ways nothing else can. Belief. As a sales leader, figure out this week how you're going to start building more belief. And I promise you, your next 90 days, your next 120 days, they're going to be, they're going to be some of the best you've ever had. Derek, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. As I say to everyone, happy selling. Thank you. Have a great day. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, part of the Jepson Performance Group. Our jobs as sales leaders are hard, and I mean really hard. And there aren't a lot of resources for sales leaders to turn to. The fact is that most companies that spend millions in sales training, sales tools, sales process, and salespeople, they do virtually nothing for sales leadership process, sales leadership training, and, and the only sales leadership tools generally are rolled up dashboards. And while it's true that companies should do more to develop the sales leaders on their team, the fact is they don't most of the time. And that's why I created Sales Leadership United. It's the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets and resources. And I don't care if you're a new sales leader that's been leading teams for years or brand new one that are just trying to figure it out. Coming up with sales leadership assets is something that you always need and they take time and they're hard to do. And that's why I created Sales Leadership United. We have all kinds of tools to help you create more impact with those you lead faster. You can find it on Patreon and it's like a Home Depot for sales leaders. You'll find video excerpts of this and all our podcasts in three to five minute segments, all tagged and organized by topic to help you in your sales leadership journey. You're gonna find my very best content, over 100 hours of sales leadership training materials, over 60 sales meetings that are ready to go, sales leadership systems, one-on-one -on -one coaching systems, and much, much more. You'll even find a private podcast there for members only. New material is added every single week and you'll find everything you need to become an elite sales leader in Sales Leadership United. So don't go reinventing sales leadership. Invest in yourself because you're worth it. Tap into proven training and techniques used by some of the most successful sales leaders in the world, all for the cost of lunch, and head over to Sales Leadership United today.
Now, I also want to thank our listeners. Man, we have over 40,000 of you that download this show every single month, and we just keep growing. It's mind-boggling to me how many people listen in so many countries all around the world, and many of you have told me about how the show has helped you in your sales leadership journey. This fires me up. Keep those messages coming. I love getting those DMs from you. I do the show only because I love the sales leadership community, and I'm so grateful that so many of you find this show helpful. Thank you. Your support of the show is humbling, it's inspiring, and it fires me up to keep bringing killer guests to you each week, just like Derek. Now, I've wanted to get Derek on the show for a while now. Uh, He's been doing amazing things. I'm a fan of what he does. But if I'd have known that we'd been talking about making things scary, I'd have timed this one so it went live around Halloween. But the topic was just way too important because, as we all know, your pipeline is your lifeline. Now, while that may be an overused phrase and it may be common knowledge to most of us that are here, uh, it's the kind of thing you hear tossed around all the time. I'm not sure if you could say it enough. And I don't think you can overfocus on it either. Because a strong, healthy pipeline solves almost every single sales challenge. And I've been around long enough that I know most of the time we're taught to make the uncomfortable comfortable, to get accustomed to doing the work like prospecting. And the reality is this way of thinking takes you from one rut to another rut, which is why I loved what Derek had to offer today. Because if things stop being just a little bit scary, then maybe we're not pushing ourselves. Maybe we're not finding ways to be different. Maybe we're not creating experiences and all we're doing is saying the words we've been taught to say. Maybe we're not being bold enough. Maybe we just aren't putting our thumbprint on what we do in ways that we could and should. And I think Derek's right. Our ability to handle this this scariness, it comes down to our belief. I think that belief fuels most of what we do as salespeople. And I think we have a responsibility as sales leaders and salespeople to believe in what we're taking to the market. I'm serious. If we don't believe in what we're selling, we owe it to our market. We owe it to our customers and we owe it to ourselves to find a situation where we do. Otherwise, we're not going to be authentic. And not only will we damage the relationships with those we sell to, we'll damage ourselves. Our authenticity is a massive part of our character. So we owe it to everyone, our customers, our partners, and ourselves to believe in what we're doing and what we're selling. Now, I know for myself, I know when I speak with a sales leader about my coaching and sales leadership assets, for example, I know that what I'm sharing will help them create more impact as a leader. And that changes everything. It makes me want to make that call. It makes me want to engage with those people. It makes me want to do whatever I have to for them to give these things a chance. Because I know that the person I'm speaking with will be better off because we work together. And that, that's why I engage. It's about that belief. It's not because of the fees or the revenue that will come. It's because of the impact it creates. Really important for us as sales leaders to understand and be mindful of the fact that belief is what fuels our ability to do those scary, scary things. And belief is what makes you different than all the other salespeople who are going through the motions. Now, as I've really studied this and spent a lot of time thinking about it, I found there are three levels of belief. I'll go through them really quickly. If you want more on it, head to Sales Leadership United. I got a lot of material on belief in there. Level one, belief in the mission of what you do. Do you believe in the mission of the organization? This is a massive deal. Success always starts here. Do not be in a hurry to move past this. Understand why what you solve it for is worth solving or get out. 
okay? If you don't believe in the mission, find another place. Level two, belief in the company and that they do it different or they do it better than the other alternatives. Knowing why you're different and more important, why this matters and how it creates impact, yeah, that'll help you win most definitely, but it, more importantly to me, it will fuel belief in ways nothing else can. So help every member of your team understand this level, the level two on how the company is different and better and why it matters. Help them understand this inside and out. And that takes you to level three. The third level of belief is belief in yourself. You need to know that you can speak with anyone in your target marketplace as a peer, that you have the right stuff. You can be a colleague. You can be someone that's a massive difference maker that you can connect to and be relevant to anyone who has the problem you solve for. Now, the reason that this matters is it will help you with that scariness, but it's also important to realize that as you go through the year, you're going to have doubts sometimes. You're gonna have doubts in yourself. You're gonna have doubts in your abilities. You're gonna have doubts in, in if you can pull it off. It happens to every single person. It happens to me. It happens to everyone I work with at some time, okay? And that's when you need to double down on mission. That's when the shared belief will also come into play. Sometimes you're gonna to need to lean on your teammates and lean on the people that you report to, like your leaders. And as a leader, you're gonna to need to keep the, your eyes open for belief and the lack thereof with the people that you lead. Because there will be times when you're going to need to go to them and share your belief in them. You're going to have to let them know that they've got the right stuff. They've got the chops. They've got the juice. And that you, their leader, you've packed your bags for their success. And you're going to be along for that ride with them. One of my very favorite stories comes from the great basketball coach, Jim Valvano. He has a speech where he shares that the greatest gift anyone ever gave him was belief in himself. It was a gift he got from his father. In this speech uh, that not a lot of people have heard, he has the famous never quit, never give up speech. This one's different. This one's called My Bags Are Packed. He talks about his dad and how his dad always told him, you're going to make it. And, and Jimmy V challenged everyone at the end of that speech to be the person who gives that greatest gift, that gift of belief in themselves to those around them. Uh, he called it multiple times, the greatest gift you can give, that if you could give it to another human being, you could be changing their life, that gift of belief. So as sales leaders, this week, double down on belief and use that belief to help the people on your team get a little bolder in their prospecting, a little more fearless in their outreach, to create experiences rather than pitches, to overcome and become a little more creative and do something that matters to do like Derek says and be more authentic by being more present and to constantly change that engine of belief because belief, it's irresistible. Belief, it's contagious. Belief, it's a difference maker and something that you can leverage to create life-changing years for those you lead if you choose to. Derek, thank you so much for joining me. I love what you're doing. I love the impact you're creating in the sales world. I appreciate you sharing your insights with sales leaders all around the world. To everyone listening, I encourage you to connect with Derek. Derek's given a, a free course that's available. If you look in the notes, he's got a free course available for everyone. Check that out and see what he's all about. Go learn what Derek's up to and what his team does. Go learn from him and then try to make things just a little bit scarier. And I think you'll find that your team and all those you interact with will be glad you did. 
Finally, got to thank each one of you, our listeners. If you liked this episode, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. It goes a long way in helping me get the best guests in the world on our show. Many of you have asked how you can support the show, and you can do it two ways. First, go check out Sales Leadership United. For the cost of lunch, you can make an investment in yourself that will be a game changer. But the easiest way that you can support us is to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Share the show with someone who needs to hear it, and then be elite. Live strong, chase your passions, and don't worry, just execute, because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.